Welcome back to the Swedish Podcast. In the last episode, we heard how Guru Hargobind made a plan with his wife, Mata Damodri, to head out to the village of Doroli. This is in the jungle region, which would later be called Malva. Guru Hargobind then prepped the travel as if they would never come back to Amritsar. The townsfolk were so sad when they saw this, they were pleading with the Guru to stay in Amritsar. And that's how chapter 16 ended. This chapter now begins describing how while Guru Hargobind was just sunken in thought about what to do, what to tell the city folk. At that time, the father of Mata Nanaki, Guru Hargobind's father-in-law, Harichan, came there. He came with his wife, who had such love for the Guru in her heart. He saw the whole family with Guru Hargobind, and tears now from Harichan's eyes began to flow down. He saw this and said, Oh Guru Hargobind, you are the support of everybody in this whole city of Amritsar. Whenever you left the city, you were not gone for very long. Just like how a wife can't remain without her husband, how night can't remain without the moon, how a river is nothing without water, or an army without a leader. In the same way, if you leave, then what is the city? When you left before, the city folk awaited for you. They longed for your arrival, and you came back after some days. How can the city now remain without your support? The city it will be uprooted, unless they all follow along with you. And I've come here, ready to go with you. My daughter Nanaki and my daughter's son Teg Bahadur are with you. And being with them, seeing them always, I'll be in such joy. Guru Hargobind, the large warrior, heard these words from his father-in-law. And to comfort him, he spoke out saying, This is the Guru's city and it will always remain, bustling even ever more in the future. There will be no shortage of food or money here. Whoever is poor, the unfortunate ones, they will arrive here and they'll leave wealthy. There won't be any shortage of food or clothing for them to receive. Whoever creates conflict or problems here in the Guru city, they will, without being killed, themselves just die off. I've given your hand to Haramandra Sahib. Its foundation is unshakable, it's eternal. City Haramandra Sahib has such great glory and importance. Bow down there every day. Darbar Sahib itself will be your protector. Guru Hargobind said these words explaining but then he used his power of maya, the illusion, to all calm their hearts. They all then began to feel like, yeah, our houses are great. They started having that connection again with their own city and their own house and with maya. And slowly they began to ease into the idea of going back home. Guru Hargobind comforted them all, all by holding his father-in-law's hand. Guru Hargobind, understanding Harichand as his father-in-law, bowed down to him. Then everybody seeing Guru Hargobind then headed back home. Guru Hargobind then mounted up on his chariot and began to tread down the path. Guru Hargobind who just drenched in virtue. Harichan quickly met with his daughter Nanaki and grandson Teg Bahadur caressing them. Everyone there bowed down, the men, the women, to the three wives of the Guru's house. And then everybody went back to their houses. Guru Hargobind traveled along with his army. The drums of the battalions were beating like thunder and clouds. Guru Hargobind took along with him his whole family, and they slowly and slowly traveled along the path. Tarantaran Sahib was about 18 kilometers south of Darbar Sahib, and they stopped there, setting up camp on the east side of the Gurdwara, looking at this Tirath, this pilgrimage site, which destroys all sin. They all set up different types of tents, the tents had all different type of colors. They rested there, spending the night there. Guru Hargobind then woke up the next morning to bathe. 
and to give charity to everybody there. Guru Hargobind went inside the spot associated with his father, Guru Arjan Devji. He stood there to perform a supplication, a request, a prayer, and Ardas before then bowing down. He mounted up again on his chariot. He traveled down the path some more. The army's drums were beating heavy. In front of the entire caravan was the Granth Sahib on a chariot as well, with beautiful whisks flying overhead. Behind the Granth Sahib was the entire family. The noise from the horses' hooves were so loud now, dust was getting kicked up into the air. This dust which blocked out the sun. The cavalry troops were traveling in a long line, and on the path, as a result, some of the crops and grass from the villages along the way were getting damaged. And when they would stop to set up camp, the warriors would take what they needed from the grass and wood nearby. Seeing this, the villagers and other people got hella angry. The people wouldn't understand the glory of the Guru's house. They were facing away from the Guru. Whether it be the villagers or the rulers of that area who had armies, they were just all burning up in anger. They couldn't stand it. They had no patience for this. It was as if they were uprooting their own roots. And seeing the great glory of the Guru's powerful warriors, they would say, These guys have killed many enemies. Whoever steps to them, they fight. They want equal position of royalty. They quickly send their enemies to the death's door. They have no fear for our Emperor Shah Jahan. They fight against countless forces. One time they fought against 7,000 troops. And the second time, they fought twice that amount, killing them off. The Emperor now, uneasy, unsure about his abilities, has now stopped this conflict with the Guru's house. He's not able to stop the beautiful warrior, Guru Hargobind. The first five Gurus, well, they remained in the form of peacefulness. But this Guru has adorned weapons, becoming a great king, a great warrior, fighting in battle, the very house of strength, ferocity, and force. His large form, his tall, strong body, there's really no other like him in the world. There's no other equal to him in strength or power and his beautiful round face. Such a determined, passionate warrior. So this is how people were speaking about Guru Hargobind amongst themselves. They were hiding away, cowering away in their house, not coming out while saying this. They would say, he only stops for one night. The next day he'll be gone, so let's just ignore this. It'll be fine. This is why these people wouldn't say anything harsh against the Guru. Whatever problems they were enduring, they would just shut up and deal with it. They didn't start any conflict because they knew it result in them dying. This is how the army traveled along the path to the destination of Doroli. They spent two nights camped until they reached there. First, they sent a messenger to Saindas that Guru Hargobind, the treasure trove of happiness, was on their way along with the army and their entire family. The house of compassion is near, said the message. Saindas took some men with him and traveled a little bit outside of the city to meet Guru Hargobind along the way. He left his house in such bliss and such happiness. It was as if Guru Hargobind was the moon in the winter night and Saindas was a partridge bird just staring at the moon. He first bowed down to the Grand Sahib that was at the front and then when he saw the lotus-like feet of the Guru, he grabbed the stirrups of the Guru and placed them on his head. His eyes were filling with tears which began to flow down his face. His heart was in such bliss. It was as if he was love itself, devotion, bhakti, and Guru Hargobind was the form of wisdom of the self. 
Gyan, and they met after a long time. Guru Hargobind asked them how he was, and then they set up the encampments for their army. When Sayadas saw the three wives of the Guru, he had such love arise in his heart, and he went to the feet of all the mothers. The others as well saw Guru Hargobind, and they all had their desires fulfilled. At that point, Bibi Ramo, so Sayadas' wife, the elder sister, Mata the Modri, when Bibi Ramo saw Guru Hargobind, she bowed down. They had placed down beautiful sheets and beds for everybody there, for the family of the ocean of discrimination, of knowledge, Guru Hargobind. They had placed on top of these beds beautiful sheets. They invited the Guru and the family inside their stunning house. Meanwhile, the warriors had all their tents set up outside. They established, they settled in, they dug in their battle standards, which flew high in the air. Everyone there dismounted, including the Masans, the leaders of the communities. Saindas and Ammo were performing such seva, service to everybody. They had, with great love, food made. And sitting close to the Guru and the family, they served everybody this food. The Guru's kids also ate this food with such happiness. Mata Dumodri and others ate as well. Bibiramo had such love in her heart for her sister. Guru Hargobind then said to everybody after they ate, Listen, Saindas, your love brought us here. Every day you think about us, clasping your hands together, always desiring to view us. This is why, after reading your request, your supplication, your ardas, we quickly got ready and came here to your village. Saindas, with great love, said, This is your natural state. This is your nature. You don't look at somebody's royal status or wealth. You don't look at whether one is a relative or not even. O master of the world, where there is love, you leave everything and you arrive there. When you were in the divine form of Krishna, you didn't look at the royalty, the wealth that people had of the Kaurvas. You went to Bidra's house instead and spent time there. Even those Brahmins or wise men, Pandits, who are filled with great virtues, if they are without love, you do not go there. You would rather go along with Bidr, the low caste, instead. Everyone knows us in the world, it's not hidden. You are forever controlled. You are tied to your servants. Only these great deeds are capable for you. No one is equal to you, O Guru Hargobin. You are forever in control of the poor. So Guru Hargobin stayed here for some time, taking care of his six tasks. Every now and then, they would go out in the forest to hunt. Sometimes he would sit and hold court at the van. After some time, Vasaki Mela occurred. Many people came to get word of the Guru to see him after a long time. Great amounts of offerings were placed here. People were placing them down and bowing down. Staying with the Guru, they understood it would be to their benefit. They understood that their liberation would be found in viewing the Guru. Countless items were offered to the Guru by men and women alike. And they would all obtain their heart's desires, then go back home after spending a few days with the Guru. They would sing the praise of the Guru as they would head back home, while Guru Hargobind remained there in Diroli. This is how chapter 17 concludes. The next chapter, we're going to hear more about Guru Hargobind's time in Diroli. So that's where we're going to pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalaj Jaran Patreon page. Oh,